Hi everyone and welcome to another Bible study here at One Love Live at Love Walk and I am your host Lila Winston. Thank you so much for tuning in. I pray that God is um, blessing in your life. I have been praying for you. I pray for you every day. I know that there are believers around the world doing the work of God and I just want to let you know wherever you may be I am praying for you. If you have a specific special prayer that you would like prayed about you can actually um, contact me at anchor.fm forward slash l-e-l-a dash w-i-n-s-t-o-n if you go there there's actually a section where you can leave me a message and if you want it to be private you can just go ahead and send a message over at lovewalk.substack.com if you go there there's actually an area where you can send me a message and i would love to hear from you if you have a prayer request in specific i would be happy to put that petition before god in my daily prayers and so um, today we are going to do a very interesting bible study this is the first of a series of bible studies on the apostle and as you guys know we come together to read in the word of god so that we can practically apply that word to our lives and also so that we can discover the purpose of our lives and as you guys know i've said this in the past there really isn't a lot of information a lot of documentation out there i think about uh, the apostle or the that addresses the apostle and his life and so i want to provide some resources for people who happen to find themselves as an apostle with the gift of an apostle and so what we're going to do is we're going to go through some uh, this series to kind of dig into the life of the apostle what you can do how you're gonna you know be able to live your life and what it exactly means what's God's idea behind it and find some godly examples in the Bible so if you would grab your Bible our anchor text is in Romans. It's a very short verse, but I want you to read it because it's very important and it's going to lead us into the first of our series. And so that's Romans chapter 16, verse 7. That's our anchor text today, Romans chapter 16, verse 7. So if you are a um, apostle, if you know someone who's an apostle, if you suspect that you have a spouse or a child or a friend or someone else in your life that is an apostle, I want to encourage you to listen to this with new ears, help them to listen to it with new ears so that they can understand what their life might look like, what they might come to expect. Because I think we need some more resources on this. And I actually have another resource that I am developing right now. I think it's going to be wildly helpful if you have happen to have the gift of an apostle and I want you to be part of it. So look out for that, guys. So let's get started without any further ado. Romans chapter 16 verse 7 says, Salute Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. That's Romans chapter 16 verse 7. I'm going to read it one more time. It says, Salute Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. And so this tells us about a couple of apostles that we don't really talk about. And they say that these people were pretty notable among the apostles. So that means that, you know, there's 
there certain people had the gifts of apostles, but these two people, you know, they were sort of standouts. And God decides how he's going to give your gift or your mission or whatever that is. But you might be a standout apostle. And I think there's some things we can learn from this. Junia and Andronicus are apostles, okay? And they happen to be apostles that stand out. They happen to be kinsmen. Paul calls them kinsmen. So I'm going to guess that they are probably from the tribe of Benjamin, or maybe they're just Hebrews like him, as this letter is actually written to the Romans who are Gentiles. And you have to remember, Paul is a Hebrew, specifically from the tribe of Benjamin. So he's either calling them kinsmen because one, they are Benjamites, like they're from the tribe of Benjamin, or two, because they're Hebrews and he's having a conversation to um, Gentile. So I think that's important to note right there. So these aren't people who are kind of one-offs. They are actually Hebrews. And then we notice here that these were apostles and believers before Paul. I think this is a really key point because a lot of times we think there was the 12 and then Paul jumped in there somehow. <laughs> but I personally believe that we don't understand the, um, the timeline here in terms of how, when Paul came into the faith and, you know, the advance of the church. You have to understand the church was advancing very quickly in those days. Many people were daily at it. That's what the scripture says. So if you think about it like that, it's quite possible for people to have been added in abundance before Paul and to have been working mightily in the spirit of God. So it's important to have a better, a rounder vision or view of what the church actually looked like in those early days. And so we have to remember that these two apostles, um, you know, they were you know, doing great things, even while Paul was out there busy persecuting the church that was already established. So let's understand that piece of history. And so the apostles have often, uh, the apostles often have a level of Christian moral authority and insight that is quite sharp. I think this is really important. And maybe that's an area where these two people excelled at. And this is an area that you need to understand. If you are an apostle, you have a friend who is one, a sibling, a spouse, a constituent, something like that, or maybe that's your gift, um, that a lot of times they have a lot of moral authority and insight that's quite sharp. They're generally good teachers of the word of God, even without the gift. So it's important to understand a lot of uh, apostles have the gift of teaching, but some may not, and they still will be good at teaching because of their uh, propensity to understand how God's mind works and how he uh, sort of puts together things because of their their gift as a apostle. So many apostles were gifted with teaching. That's important to note. Um, but that doesn't mean that you'll always have that gift if you are an apostle. And don't feel bad about that because you can still have great spiritual insight. You know, and these are often people who are expert at biblical and spiritual matters. And if it weren't for them always going off on these sort of unconventional missions for God, they would make excellent pastors, you know. So I think we can see this with Paul because a lot of times in the Bible we get confused and we think, oh, Paul is a pastor and he's not, never has been <laughs> and, and never could have been. He was not a pastor, okay? Um... He was an apostle. 
despite all of his writing, his prolific writing um, and his prolific you know, works, this man was not a pastor. So that's really important. He did have the gift of teaching, but pastorship was not it for him. And so it's important to understand that apostles aren't, some apostles who don't have the gift of being a pastor, they're not going to be just there with the congregation, hovering there, trying to, you know, if you have a gift of an of a, a pastor, then you might be able to also have a congregation and, you know, really kind of uh, work with people as a pastor to disciple. But a lot of times the people that you're going to be discipling are going to be kind of like your running buddies that are running with you like Paul and Timothy, you know what I mean? People who are with you in the trenches, who are following you, you know, and remember Timothy was a pastor. So keep that in mind. So apostles are also very good at mediating disputes and seeking reconciliation between believers. We can see this in Philemon, if you can take a, a chance and look at that. And we also see that with um, uh, Barnabas um, and Paul. So Barnabas, who was also an apostle, he was trying to reconcile when there was this great fallout between them about, you know, whether to take this one apostle. So I think that there is a great uh, level of mediation that apostles are capable of doing. And a lot of times people would call the apostles and the elders. So it wasn't just that they called the elders. Sometimes they would call the apostles too. And I think that's really important to remember is that there's a certain level of expertise that the apostle has that they bring them in when it comes to certain matters that are usually handled um, and dispatched by elders. So keep that in mind. A lot of times apostles are really good at this. Um, and so I think this is really important to keep in mind so that you can say, why is that person always right or something like that? Like if you've ever been that person, like, why do you know this? How do you know this? Sometimes it's just the spirit of God, people. It's not that these people are just so perfect. The spirit of God is helping them to pinpoint truth in certain situations and between people. So keep that in mind. And then, of course, there's the question, is there such as a woman apostle? And the introduction in the verse that we read, our anchor text, Romans chapter 16, verse 7, the introduction is actually of a woman apostle. That's one of the reasons why I chose this as our uh, anchor text, because the person in there called Junia is actually a woman and she's an apostle. And, you know, Paul talks about both uh, Junia and Andronicus very fondly, and they are considered very, um, you know, prolific apostles because they stood out among the apostles. So this means these weren't just, you know, these guys were doing big things. It doesn't mention what they did, but it does imply that that's what they were. And one of them was a woman. Okay. And so I want to point something out because not a lot of people know about this lady, Junia, the apostle. And the reason you don't know about it is because it was intentionally hid. And I'm going to read you this excerpt that I found from a website called faithword.org, faithword.org. You can find it there. And I'm going to read it. It says for generations, Junia was systematically removed from our Bibles. You read that right. For almost 2,000 years, scribes, commentators, and teachers changed her name from Junia to a, the masculine version of the name Junias. 
So I want you to understand that women were apostles. And unfortunately, the reason we don't know that is not our fault. You know, it isn't just that, you know, we are misogynist. No, we did not know because it was changed. Um, intentionally. And so you have to understand that many of the European tribes that picked up Christianity in later times came from extremely misogynistic cultures. So when they're translating this, you know, document and they're seeing women in this place, they're like, no, that can't, that can't really be. Now, can that? So some, um, uh, cultures have even thought that women were evil or bad. And so when the spirit of God or when the uh, word of God comes, it brings liberty and it brings new information. And a lot of times that kind, those kinds of thoughts sort of rub us the wrong way, according to our culture. A lot of times what God is talking about is going to hit your culture and just <laughs> blast it to smithereens because God isn't dealing on the natural level with us. He is dealing in a supernatural realm in which what is important to him is the heart, is the spirit of man. And these are not, these are genderless. Okay. And these are the things that God care about. And so this of course is part of the curse that women are being oppressed, but nonetheless, it was a strong enough influence to people to actually tinker with the Bible to inject their cultural values into a pre-established doctrine. So this doctrine predated a lot of these people were translating the Bible by many years, but when they're reading it, they're trying to read it through their own cultural context where they don't understand how a woman could be an apostle. Like, how could God do that? I don't understand. It's because they're translating it through their own ideologies. So I want to warn you, uh, encourage you to be mindful, not to inject your own cultural, social, or societal values into God's word. Try to read what's there and not what you feel. Try to understand the word of God in context, according to the curses, according to scriptures, and read it again and again so that you can understand what God is saying. So, Yes, women are apostles. Remember, all gifts are given liberally and free to believers. And this is evident because the spirit actually supplies these gifts. So this is something that's spiritual. The spirit doesn't really have a gender. And this is evident because the spirit is the one that moves in us. And if a woman has the spirit of God, she too may possess any of the gifts Paul mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 27 to 28. So let's be careful about how we inject our own cultures and ideals and values. Remember, there is no male or female in the kingdom of heaven which we have now joined. And we can actually see that in Galatians chapter 3, verse 27 to 29. It says that specifically. And if I'm correct, I believe Jesus even um, uh, addressed this during his ministry on earth. You see gender or male and female, this is for earth, not for the supernatural where God reigns. And that doesn't mean God can't use your gender uh, to help in the work that you do, but it's important to understand it means he sees us as spirit first. And I'm going to point this out in Galatians chapter 3, verse 27 to 29. It says, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ 
have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ. This is really key to understand. And that, guys, was actually Galatians chapter 27 to 20. Uh, eight, not 29. So I wanted to point that out so that you could understand when God is having these inner conversations with you, he's speaking to your spirit. And when God is enduing you with the power to do certain things, he's not consulting your gender in order to figure out whether he should give you a gift or not. And sometimes for some people who have certain gifts, because we live in a fallen world of curses and things like that, Having certain gifts can be tougher than others because of the ways in which people put others in boxes, and it might make it difficult for you, but it doesn't make it difficult for God to give you the gift. So let's go ahead and define an apostle. Now that we're clear that not only can an apostle be a man, it can also be a woman, and he's dealing with the spirit and not just the body, let's define apostle. Now, when I looked up the Oxford Languages Dictionary, it means the vigorous and pioneering advocate or supporter of a particular policy, idea, or cause. I'm gonna read it again, vigorous and pioneering advocate vigorous and pioneering advocate or supporter of a particular policy, idea, or cause. And so if you happen to be an apostle, the chances are you are a vigorous and pioneering advocate or supporter of a particular policy, idea, or cause in the kingdom of heaven, which means there is that word pioneering. And then there is that word vigorous, okay? So it says you're an advocate or supporter, but you're vigorous and pioneering, which means that you push, push forward. You keep going forward no matter what, vigorous. And then the second word pioneering, it means you may be the first of your kind. It means that being a pioneer means you're the first one out there. So if you're an apostle, a lot of times you're the first one out in the water, okay? You're the one that's going to look back and say, hey, everybody, the water is fine. Come on in. So that's the thing you have to remember. As a pioneer, you're not going to really have any role models. As a pioneer, you're not probably not going to have too many people you can look to and go, yes, okay, that's how that's done, and I can do it that way and get advice. A lot of times you're just out there in the ship alone okay you are the pioneer that's what it means to be a pioneer so it's really important for you to understand if you are an apostle chances are you're also going to be a pioneer in some area and which means you probably won't have a blueprint for it in fact you might actually be the one to lay down the blueprint for it like we see with Paul. Paul has the whole in almost the entire New Testament is written or somehow dictated by Paul. And you have to remember this is so because he was a pioneer to the Gentiles. He was an apostle who was pioneering with the message of the good news of Christ to the Gentiles. So if you're an apostle, remember you are likely a pioneer. Here's another definition. I just want to pull out another for you. This is the Merriam-Webster uh, definition because maybe Oxford isn't your thing, but it's a person who initiates a great moral reform or who first advocates 
an important belief or system, an ardent supporter or adherent. Once again, we get some of those similar words like an advocate, you know, some belief or system. An ardent, that word ardent is kind of like saying vigorous in the last uh, definition that we read. A supporter, once again, an adherent, that means you adhere to it, you know, adhesive, that's where we get the word adhesive. So it means you're stuck to a cause. You know, if you can remember Paul saying he'd be in a prisoner for Christ, I don't think sometimes he literally meant I'm the prisoner of Jesus Christ because I'm behind bars. I'm the prisoner of Jesus Christ because I am apprehended by that which has apprehended me. Okay, that is what he's saying. I am caught into this this pathway and I cannot go left and I cannot go right. So in some senses, as an apostle, you might actually feel um, a feeling of, I won't say being trapped, but in knowing that you have to finish this mission, this feeling of you're galvanized by a mission. And so keep that in mind, you know, try and think of it with enthusiasm, even in some of the difficult points. So if you're an apostle, I want to encourage you, don't be afraid. These are some very powerful um, imagery and ideas that are coming up. But I think that if you're an apostle, God has equipped you to be able to handle this. This is a gift that is going to take you into literal and figurative places that you never knew you would go. And some will be fun and interesting and others not so much. See, apostles daily must battle the pull to go back to what is familiar because remember, you're a pioneer. You are, you know, uh, someone who is starting an idea that hasn't been done before. And so you'll find these in areas of your life, no matter whether, you know, you have a big purpose like we saw with Andronicus and Junia, where they had great name among the apostles, or whether it's some other thing that you're doing. Maybe you're a pioneer uh, with your children, a pioneer in your marriage, a pioneer in your city or whatever. God is creating in you the system, the blueprint of what others will follow. So you have to keep that in mind and you have to understand that this is something you can do because he chose you for it and to not be afraid. And so while others may disapprove, they may even envy or question the apostle's path as we see with Paul. And if you can read the story of Paul many times, particularly when he was on his way to Rome, many among the believers and even unbelievers alike, they questioned him. They said, man, what are you doing? Like, don't go there. Don't do this. But he was an apostle. He had to fulfill a mission. It's kind of like being an agent, quite frankly. You will move to some degree like that because you are on a mission to do something for God, whether you specifically know what that is or not. God is moving you and he's moving people to assist you to get that done. That's important to understand. And so the apostle is compelled inwardly to keep going, even if he or she is terrified or dismayed by the response of others, or even the prospect of the path that he or she has taken. So it's important to understand, yeah, the path may be different. It may be odd. It may be strange. It may be something you never thought you would be doing. But you have to really, um, you know, keep the the faith, and you have to keep walking down that path. It's an absolute importance, and so a lot of apostles have a, a deep inward knowing. 
that kind of compels them to keep moving forward. They've had an encounter with Christ in such a way that they know that they have to fulfill this mission. Now, I'm not saying that God is going to knock you off your horse and appear, you know, as a light or a vision, but I am saying you have had an encounter with the Lord that lets you know, I have to keep going. I have to go. It's the life of a pioneer. If you're an apostle, you're, an, you're a pioneer. And so I just want to give you a few movies maybe that you might want to check out if you are a believer and maybe you're an apostle or maybe you're married to one or maybe your friend is one or maybe your child is one and maybe you want to hope to understand that life better. I'm going to recommend that you check out The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. I think I love the Lord of the Rings series. Um, Tolkien is a great storyteller, um, a bit lugubrious, but I'm sure you can get through the books. But if you don't want to read the books, just watch the movies. The movies are masterfully done and it's called The Lord of the Rings. Um, If you check this out, it will give you some idea on what it means to accomplish a mission, even when it's difficult or um, even when it's painful. And I think that J.R.R. Tolkien, who was a very religious man, um, who was influenced, I believe, by Carol, I think his name was Carol, um, who made, uh, what was this other one? The Lion, the something, I can't remember it. But anyway, he was a religious man and he believed in in the Bible and a lot of his stories, or at least a lot of his stories, were based off of biblical themes and concepts. So I think that The Lord of the Rings is a great movie to watch if you are an apostle. And I would highly recommend that you watch all three of the, uh, I think it's three, I think it's three guys, three uh, Lord of the Rings series movies. I would really recommend you watch it because it'll give you just some visual insight into your own life. Another one that I think is a good movie to watch is The Book of Eli with Denzel Washington. Now, this is somewhat of a darker movie, so I I think it's R-rated, so I wouldn't recommend it for children. But if you're an adult, um, you're 18 or older, I think this might be a movie that you might want to check out. And then, of course, there's the Terminator movies. Check that one out, too. I think there's great information there. And finally, the Mission Impossible movies is another one to check out if you like action. And the reason I'm suggesting you watch it is so that you can understand your life a little bit better and the idea of being on a mission Um, having something to do, perhaps even being a pioneer and what that might look like. And so I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I also want to encourage you to check out um, our page at lovewalk.substack.com. If you go to archive, you can read some of the materials that are there, some of our religious uh, helps and uh, resources. You can also download some of the digital products. We have a meditation course there for Christians. And so there's lots of resources there. And I want to encourage you to check it out. And I want to thank you so much. And this was part one of our series on understanding or uh, better creating resources for apostles. Thanks so much for tuning in. Bye.